What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. And this week, we're going to be talking about the UFC fight night card going down from the Apex, Alexa Grasso versus Viviana Araujo, going down this Saturday, the 15th of October, 2022. Coming off of a one-week break with no UFC. Uh, Ozzy, how are we doing this week, my man? Uh, real wet up here in, uh, in the great state of New York. Um, you know, good, good off week last week. My Giants held it down in London, so that made me happy. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we got this little speed bump here uh, of a card um, before the big, big card next week. Hopefully, that goes off uh, without a hitch. But uh, yeah, you know, did a little bit of, you know, was doing my normal kind of like prep for this card, and I was just not feeling it overall. And uh, and yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to some of the matchmaking that's been, you know, going down in the last like few days. That uh, December card's looking good. That uh, Orlando card's looking good. So some good, some good fight cards uh, coming up. But uh, but this one is I would uh, describe as a uh, lackluster for sure. Yeah, I agree. Some good points there. Obviously, next week, uh, possibly one of the best UFC cards ever. And, uh, you know, we're kind of seeing some weak cards uh, in the beginning of the month. And I think the card after that, the 29th, is also weak. So it's just all the good fights are stacked on that one card in Abu Dhabi. And the rest of the fights in October are pretty lackluster. So uh, we're still grinding through those. But I, I completely agree. I mean, this fight top to bottom, I mean, I don't see a fight, a single fight that I'm actually, like, really looking forward to seeing. Uh, I think it'll be cool to see uh, Tyra back in action. Cub Swanson's a legend. Always nice to see him fight. And the women's main event is actually a decent women's fight um, for a five-rounder. But still, man, pretty hard to get really excited about these fights. Um, and then a quick recap of the last event. I profited uh, just about 0.6 units. Um, some favorites came through. Uh, Davis and Latifi were good. Uh, got a little let down on Castaneda. Jotko, obviously a huge loss. We were way off there, but um, really the the Olenek and Latifi fight saved me. You know, playing the overs in that fight, the Sadiq Youssef sub at twelve to one, which we shouted out on the podcast. So, um, man, I, I'm just slaying the props this year, man. I think I'm actually down on money lines for the year, but the props are keeping me in the profits. So, uh, you know, be uh be aware if you're tailing on my my uh my money line bets that the props are really where it's at. How'd you do? Yeah, fortunately, I didn't have any prop action. Um, that Castaneda fight. As soon as that one happened, I'm like, man, this is this is some. Be I mean, I think the fight got capped good. You know, I had a little under two units on him, and you know, just disappointing that he was chasing that finish, and this guy was just literally eating every shot. And you know, I felt like it was at the, like he was right at the brink of just being completely unconscious. Um, but credit credit to you know Santos. He you know he took literally everything on the chin. Um, and uh, and was able to survive, and it was that classic, you know, berserker Brazilian from there. Like he stayed, you know, heavy pressure. He didn't take a step back, and you know, just creating dangerous collisions, you know, pretty often. And funny coincidence, I have a teammate, Mexican kid, just like Casaneda, fighting like literally Daniel Santos's clone uh, in like a week. So I'm looking to get some personal revenge. On this guy, so we'll see if I'm in the corner. I might, you know, might fly down to Miami. We'll see. We're, we're talking about that this week, but uh, is but it yeah, combate? it might be combate. 
Um, so yeah, so finished uh, a little under is a four, uh, a little over four and a half units uh, down. That was a big loss, and then obviously the Jocko one, you know, similar to you, you know, the Barcelos line. I had that one at two to one, and obviously that was, you know, he probably should have been like minus four hundred, you know, easily. Um, should have probably had a little bit more on that, but you know, it wasn't a card I had, you know, tons of action on. You know, I did think Mackenzie Dern, you know. Just to touch on that, uh, I think she definitely deserved the 10-8 round, you know, in that uh, in that fifth round. It just didn't really make, you know, a whole lot of sense to me overall. But they were super stingy with the 10-8s. Like, this is some, you know, I don't really understand how they're judging these fights. They're not going to give out any 10-8s for when one person literally does nothing and the other person does everything. And just because the girl gets on top for, like, 22 seconds and fucking throwing punches that don't even land. Like, how does that mitigate what just took place and the early so it doesn't make sense to me the judging is sketchy the judges are sketchy um so i'm trying to pull back the reins a little bit just because i feel like some of these some of these i'm not understanding some how some of these things are judged so you got to be a little lighter on this these live bets i think as well on top of that we got this like we got this malcoon versus fucking what's his name maximoff fight you don't know how they're going to judge that shit it's just a lot of weird stuff going on in the UFC. Shitty fights all over the place. I don't know what's going on. So, well, let's let's see what we could make 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 out of them. Make 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 a chicken salad out of chicken shit. So, let's get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I tweet about that often. The the judging and the officiating are very very random, especially with stopping fights too. Like Mike Davis fight could have got stopped. Uh, I mean, he was fucking smashing Slava's head into the mat. And uh, I lost on the ITD there. Also, another n- sad note. Last thing we'll mention: Angela Lee. Uh, speaking of judging fights, we got let down. There shit don't make no my... sense either. That shit don't make no sense, yeah. the, bro. One of the judges gave Slava round two when he was in bottom out for like the last two minutes. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like you could say like, or and then you give fights like to Brendan Allen when they fight in Malcoon when like you're not giving control. It doesn't. None of the stuff makes sense. Like they're judging control time and like fucking crotch sniffing you know uh positions like you know holding on the legs but if you're in mount on the guy like they don't give you credit or if you're on back mount like Mackenzie Dern there's no it doesn't make sense like if you're not going to give credit to the most dangerous positions of mount and back mount even if you're not fucking crushing them but you're going to give credit if a guy's got holding the guy in the back clinch it doesn't make sense like it makes zero sense so that's my rant I gotta be it's really if you could tell from my voice, it's really upsetting me. It doesn't make any sense to me. So. Yeah, I think I think judges they undervalue mount and the back take. Like they're so like, how does this if I'm fucking just holding on to your legs and you're against the fence, you're getting up. How are you gonna give that same credit to if you're fucking flat on your back or I've got back mount on you? It doesn't make sense. Literally, like what like it, there's a reason that they should go to jujitsu tournaments. That's the thing, like. It takes so much energy. I've been training a lot of jujitsu lately. Very good. It's been going very well. And it takes so much effort to literally hold someone down in a dominant position. Like, I've been trying to grapple more ADCC rules. And it's fucking impossible, dude, sometimes to, to, to hold some of these guys down. So... Shit's crazy. So let's let's get into this card though. I don't. I'm yeah, not we had to a, we had to go a little off topic with this uh, with this fight card being weak. We had to talk about some bigger bigger issues in the UFC. But um, all right, first fight welterweight division: Mike Jackson, Pete Rodriguez. The line here: Rodriguez minus seven hundred, Jackson plus five hundred. You know, obviously, not much to say about this fight. Um, I think though, I'm eyeing a bet. Honestly, I'm thinking about betting the fight to start round two at plus one sixty five. I mean, that just is like a 
That's like a 37% chance I think this fight starts round two. These guys are low-level fighters. Sure, Pete Rodriguez might come out there and hit Jackson with some shots, and he might just go away quickly. But watching the Jackson-Barry uh, fight, like I think Jackson is is not completely a quitter. Like I don't think he's going to just cover up and get finished quickly here. I think he is going to you know try to fight and try to make it as long as he can in the fight. And Pete Rodriguez has has beaten complete bums uh, before he got to the UFC. So Mike Jackson is not a real fighter, but he honestly might still be a step up in competition from some of the guys Rodriguez has faced. So I'm just fading that round one finish here. Uh, I mean, they have round one KO at like, you know, 60 percent almost for Pete Rodriguez here, which I just think is is wrong. So any thoughts here at all, Ozzy? insane fight obviously listeners cashed in on that mike davis like mike jackson like plus 800 or whatever it was last time crazy fight i mean he looked bad in that fight though in my opinion he just like was not reacting well to strikes he was looking kind of awkward p rodriguez i think is gonna find this guy's chin he's just like just some of the ways that you know dean barry sucks but the way dean barry was trying to find angles like not well but he's trying to move around them and mike jackson's like he's like well just slow to keep up with him sometimes like his body it's just weird when someone's moving where like their eyes are moving one way but then their their body is like second to react and i feel he's just gonna get hit with a shot that he literally doesn't see coming but it's a crazy fight man like you know, whatever starts round two sure i'm not betting on this fight you know card starts after this second fight of the night for me but in this economy, you're paying these guys five figures. It's fucking crazy. So, yeah, let's move on. All right. Next fight is actually an exciting one. Flyweight division, promising prospect. Tatsuru Tyra taking on CJ Vergara. The line for this one, Tyra minus 255. Vergara plus 215. Uh, probably the best fight on the card uh, from uh, my perspective. Um, what are you thinking here? This is a good fight here. Um, you know, uh, two guys uh, I think impressed in their last fight, or just you know they bring the fight. You know, Tyra is very talented. I feel um, mixes up uh, his uh, the activity and his um, you know his 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 striking with his grappling pretty well. Um, came from that uh, like like uh, Japanese scene, but I mean the, he impressed me with his grappling even with um, Candelario like having some success against him with some wrestling and you know some stuff like that you know I, I like the transitions that he was going for and it, and it's just always like a style and an intent and a end game um of kind of like getting to those best positions that Tyra was uh using that I like you know Vergara did well against um Rodriguez and just kind of like overwhelming him and you know putting it was that that kind of like prospect l it wasn't his first loss but that prospect l of being in his face you know um you know being high paced um and kind of like just not respecting some you know certain transitions that's like a point in some of these gra especially in the grappling when if you don't respect someone's certain uh, aspects of someone's grappling sometimes some grappling techniques become less effective or ineffective you know to that point um, but I don't think that's going to happen here just because Tyra, I feel he's a little bit quicker on the feet and more comfortable than, uh, Rodriguez was at that point. Um, he's, he's okay with exchanging a bit. He uses his kicks pretty well, in my opinion. And I think that his, um, you know, his grappling and getting to the back position and being just aggressive, you know, in that is going to be able to cut through CJ when CJ gets either over aggressive on the feet, which he tends to do. Um, or on the ground, if he, you know, looks to just like try to get up or, you know, look to scoot around. I think Tyra's good at, you know, flanking, getting to good angles around and, you know, eventually securing good, uh, good position. So 
I got a bet on on Tyra at minus 220. I think it's pretty solid there. Um, you know, n- not a huge bet, but I do think he's going to win this fight. And I don't think the submission um 350 is uh that bad of a, a price either. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. I mean, I was uh, a little bit skeptical of Tyra before his last fight, but uh he really impressed me. The way he was able to maintain those back takes in that fight was something I I've never seen in MMA. Like he he was going flat on back it looked like he completely lost the position and then he would just readjust and then get right back to the back take i mean his flexibility and his ability to to maintain that back control is is incredible and the thing is he was like minus 300 in that fight and candelario had a lot of footage of him defending back takes and doing well in grappling and he fought that guy in the contender series who was a really good grappler and jiu-jitsu fighter and now Vergara, I think, has a lot uh, worse grappling tape than, than uh, Candelario does, but he's a, he's a, a shorter dog uh, than Candelario was. So uh, I think the line is a, a little a little confusing, a little off. I did bet Tyra as well, two thirty. Uh, you got a little better price there, um, but I think he probably should be closer to minus three hundred in this spot. I think his he's going to get the fight in the grappling. He's going to be getting his back takes. Uh, Vergara's grappling just doesn't look very good to me. And um, I think Tyra's striking is actually pretty solid as well. I mean, it's definitely uh, underdeveloped, but his fundamentals, uh, I think the guy has has solid offense. I've seen some good speed and technique behind his strikes. I haven't really seen him really put it together and show a, a good overall striking performance, but I think the guy has has really good basics and has potential to grow in the striking. So I think this is going to be another win for Tyra here. Um, I'm confused as to whether it's going to be a sub or a decision. I do think the sub at 350, like Ozzy was saying, probably has some value because he's going to be on the back. And uh, I could see Vergara getting rear naked choked here. Also, Vergara got like instantly taken down and rear naked choked. Um, it was in 2018. It was it was four years ago. But Devin Miller fight, he gets literally taken down and instantly gives up his back and instantly gets rear naked choked in less than a minute there. So uh, I think that, you know, there is potential that he could just get steamrolled in the grappling here from Tyra. So uh, next fight is the women's strawweight division. Sam Huge taking on Piera Rodriguez. The line for this one, Piera minus 157, Hughes plus 137. Um, so I think that uh, the Hughes is the side here. You know, Piera's uh, last fight was against Hanson. Um, going into that fight, you know, there were a lot of questions about her defensive grappling, and there wasn't much tape to back it up. There was a few little clips of her getting taken down and her standing up. But, um, you know, she did prove that her defensive grappling is not bad in that fight. She did get taken down once or twice. She was able to stand up. She was able to stuff a lot of shots in the second and third round. So I think that her defensive grappling isn't god-awful. But I think that Hanson is not that strong of a wrestler. I think that Sam Hughes might be a better uh, wrestler and just a better overall fighter than Kay Hansen. So you're getting a better price on Sam Hughes than you got on Kay Hansen. And I think the market is kind of overreacting to Piera uh, defeating Hansen. And I think that Hughes might actually be a tougher grappling test than Hansen was. Uh, and, you know, Hughes looked like a, a menace in her last fight, you know, destroyed Elise Reed. Um, and, you know, eventually finished her, I think, in the third round there. So I think Hughes' potential to get takedowns and get on top here is is pretty high. And on the feet, I don't even think it's going to be a complete wash uh, for Piera. So I like Sam Hughes as a dog here. I see it as more of a 50-50 type of fight. Um, yeah, so I, I like Piera and her fight against Kay Hansen, but I forget who was the favorite. It was like a pick em line, I guess. Um, but I think it's an interesting fight. I think these guys, these girls are kind of evenly matched overall. 
Um, you know, obviously Sam Hughes over or has overperformed the better. She she just like a spunky, you know, uh, you know, tough girl that you know doesn't go away that easily. You know, Piera, I don't really think her striking is all that accurate. Um, you know, she may have a little bit of power for the for the division, but it's not very accurate. Um, I don't think the shot selection uh, is very well thought out overall. So I just think this is a fight that you know probably goes into third round. If you give it, you know, you probably give Sam Sam um, a bit more equity in the third round than you would the the first two. But the first two are could be kind of coin flips as well, depending on how the fight you know does play out. And I do think Sam Hughes will have the uh, conditioning advantage. Um, and I just see this fight probably going to the decision. So, you know, you could get Sam Hughes at over 2-1 to one or over two, plus 200 by decision. I think that's a good side to to, to be on um, just because she's going to be in Pierre's face. She's probably going to be grinding on her. I could see some clinching, you know, going on in this fight. Um, you know, Sam Hughes probably or uh, Pierre probably doesn't have the tools to keep her on the outside all that much. So, yeah, I would probably side with uh, Sam Hughes. I think this line will probably continue to come in, but it's come in quite a bit. So it was like plus 160 not that long ago. So 137, you know, I, I think there's going to be some people that, that, that do side with Piera, but, you know, going to be a pass fight for me, but I would definitely side with the underdog if I, if I were to bet it. Maybe I'll do a little small bet on the by decision. That's going to take us to the next fight, featherweight division. Joe Anderson Brito taking on Lucas Alexander. Uh, Brito's the big favorite here, minus 375. Alexander plus 300. Short notice fight for Alexander making his UFC debut. Um, did you uh, tape Alexander at all, Ozzy? I, do, I don't know too much about Alexander. I, I have trained with someone um, who, uh, who used to train at that Fusion, Fusion gym. Um, and he just told me that, I mean, that Alexander is, is solid. You know, he didn't tell me, you know, it wasn't a glowing review overall. He was just like, oh, you know, I'm really happy for him, this or that, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I feel like this is the kind of fight where Brito, he's just more well-rounded, you know, has some power in his hands. And if you look at his, some of his regional tape, which I've, I've, I've watched a, a bit of uh, his fights, you know, he, um, he, he is able to grapple and grind people out as well. Like he, he, his cardio, you know, has looked bad, you know, some would say, but, or looked bad against Bill Alger, but Bill is a, you know, cardio machine. And, you know, Lucas coming in on short notice, I don't think maybe preparing as much with the grappling i think he's only like a purple belt but i think the wrestling and just the over, overall physicality of brito should be able to carry him to a win here you know and um so i think he should have a good round one be sharp here but there is probably a little bit of volatility in a fight like this um but i'm not really you know i, I did take a, a peek at uh at, at, at lucas but i wasn't really blown away i don't think this is a guy that is really uh like a good like a great prospect that's going to be picking up wins in the ufc so uh i i'd def I definitely pick uh brito to win for sure yeah not a whole lot of thoughts on this fight for me i mean i watched you know one or two of alexander's fights and i just didn't think that he brought anything to the table that would really give uh brito some trouble but brito has not proven enough of a guy to be trusting at this big juice price so it's no doubt about it dog or pass wouldn't even put brito in a parlay i think you know he's just not proven enough to make this fight look easy um, but he probably is going to have a striking and grappling advantage here the only way i could see the 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 fight uh an angle to bet the fight is maybe the over one and a half maybe alexander is tough enough to make it over uh, yeah i like uh, that brito brito uh, yeah brito does like 
typically uh, grapple. You know, I think he his plan A is typically to grapple, and he's kind of a little lay and prayish on top. He doesn't really, you know, um, look to pass or advance constantly. So I think that he could get some takedowns and kill some clock here. And uh, you know, you know my my philosophy on the over one and a half short notices. It let me down with uh, that Shaney guy last uh, last event. <laughs> you said oh. absolutely destroyed that guy. Um, but you know, the, generally these short notice guys do go over one and a half. It's uh, fucked up. They didn't something. give my boy Yusuf that fifty k bonus for that shit. That they, I guess, whatever. But yeah, I mean that over one and a half at plus money. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll play that when it's available on more books. Yeah. Um, that's going to take us next fight. The highly anticipated matchup in the middleweight division, Nick Maximov versus Jacob Malkoon. The line for this one is uh, Maximov minus 130, Malkoon plus 110. So the amount of two-way action coming in on this fight is is astonishing. I mean, it, it bounce, it's been bouncing back and forth for a week and a half, two weeks. And I'm, I'm hearing, you know, some people I know are on Maximov. Uh, not really seeing many people endorsing Malkoon, but steady action is coming in on Malkoon. So betters out there, bigger betters are betting Malkoon. I'm not really familiar with who they are, um, but, you know, I'm kind of, you know, respecting the market a little bit on this one. I don't really have a, a strong opinion on the fight. Um, I think that, you know, Malkoon is the better striker of the two. Um I think he probably has a little more ways to win in terms of I could see him winning the striking or uh, winning the grappling potentially. Maximov seems you know much more likely to only have one path to win via grappling. I think Maximov is the better jujitsu grappler of the two. You know uh, who's the better wrestler? That's a very valid question. I would probably lean Malkoon honestly though. I mean both these guys they just they get single legs. They're kind of cross sniffers. They lay and pray. Neither guy is really exciting. This fight seems super likely to hit this the, the decision and it's probably going to be a 29 28 maybe even a split decision for either guy um and then my my actual analysis on the fight for for the malcoon and allen fight is is that fight all three rounds were almost the same where malcoon took allen down early in the round was on top for two or three minutes but eventually allen was able to find a way to reverse and get on top in the last minute or two minutes of all three of those rounds and that kind of stole him the the, the scorecards in that one. Uh, somehow the judges thought that that's that uh, that Allen won that one. Um, but I could see a similar thing happening here, where Malkoon hits takedowns, Maximov is on bottom, but Maximov is able to finally use his jujitsu to work his way up, maybe reverse, hit a sweep of some sort, and then the last half of the round might be Maximov's getting on top. So I just think this is going to be a back and forth grappling fight, and I, I think being super confident on either guy is a little foolish here. I think you know maybe a unit, unit and a half on either guy fine but going bigger than that i think is is very volatile so i i, I sadly think that maximov will get his hand raised but i i prefer if malcolm pulled off the upset yeah it seems to me like uh this is the the fight that has the most kind of like two-way opinions or like two-way action overall um obviously like you mentioned we know some people that got like 20k plus on fucking maximov there's no way i would ever do that but um i mean looking at the fight i mean i feel like some reason people feel way more confident in um, Maximov's grappling game than I think they should be because, like he, the guys that he's fought, like none of them really counter grapple or try to grapple him. And I actually think that this is the kind of guy who 
he like he can get taken down. Like he's not the guy that like he doesn't mind if okay, you're taking me down, you know, all right, this is like a means to an end for me where, you know, now I can try to, you know, counter grapple you or whatever it is. So although that could go well for some some people, sometimes that could go poorly, especially in like a you know a five minute round or you know, maybe even like, you know, let's say they they fight for like two minutes, right, on the feet, and you know, it's only like a three minute round. So like the margins start coming becoming thin because like the guy's not really throwing that many strikes when he is on top, you know, Makun, even though he kind of like looked like he finished that fight against um Allen not well, I think his cardio is not bad. Um, and then if they are kind of like in the clinch and striking uh, the the L, I think, to Allen that, you know, came about because he wasn't striking enough, I think is actually going to be good for him because he's going to know that, all right, like this is a guy like this guy's way less dangerous than Brendan Allen. Let me start firing off more strikes, whether it be when he's holding on to me, right, like Puna. Puna wasn't, you know, like decided to like just hold some positions or like try to counter grapple where maybe like Malkun will be able to get to certain positions where maybe he is able to like just, you know, be active with little strikes. And I don't know, like this is the thing, like I feel like these guys can negate each other with control and some, you know, Malkun being, you know, being more likely now maybe to strike. Obviously, this is all like inferences, like I'm not I'm not sure of anything here. I'm not betting it. I was considering Maximov, especially when it start, started going down. But fuck that. Like, he just looks a little empty in the in the head. Like, the eyes look a little empty to me. And uh, he just looks a little awkward. He just wants to grapple. And I feel like Malkoon with the, with, the, with the jab and some of the stuff that he's shown, I think, uh, could play a role in this fight. Um, and I don't think his bottom, like, he's in the accept the bottom positions uh, like a guy like Brundage did. So I'm going to side with Malkoon for a pick. And how is this guy a fucking Nick Diaz fighter? Like, this guy's a complete crotch sniffer, really. How is he training with the Diaz brothers with his fighting style? I mean, I don't know. He's just not confident with the hand. But you could just see, like, even the punches he throws at Petrovsky, like, they don't hit. And he's kind of like, oh, man, I'm, like, in space. Like, oh, no, like, you know, I'm vulnerable. So, man, not... Petrovsky fucking owned this guy, man. Choked him out instantly. Sure. East Coast Jiu-Jitsu. Um Next fight, it will probably be a sad one in the Bantamweight division. Rafael Sunsau taking on Victor Henry. Uh, Henry, huge favorite, minus 400. A Sunsau, plus 300. How old is a Sunsau? He's got to be 40 by now, right? I mean, yeah, he's 40-year-old Bantamweight. Never a good recipe. Uh, any thoughts here, Ozzy? Victor Henry's my boy. I loved him in the fight against Barcelos. It's a, a great value play. Um, you know, plus 800, I think he was at, like, for, by decision, which is crazy. Um, you know, it's an interesting fight to me in the terms of, like, all right, the guy's, like, minus 400 now, I guess, at Sunsau. Just because I think a Sunsau, like, he doesn't really look to press the action, you know, all that much. And he's always kind of been, like, the counter guy. Like, you know, um, you know, you hit him with a punch, and he's, like, one-two, and then, you know, like, a leg kick or something like that, where, you know, he kind of he kind of looks to, to – to, he sits and waits for stuff like that. Um, the only side I'm really looking at here is kind of, like, the, the over, potentially – Although, you know, I definitely admit and am very aware that um, a Sunsau is not going to be able to take the kind of punishment that uh, Barcelos did. But I think that this fight, there's more potential for it to be on uh, take place on the ground, at least somewhat, than um, than that Barcelos fight. Just because I think, like, you know, Henry, Henry, Henry's like a competent grappler. He, I think it's not uh, far-fetched to say that he'll go for a takedown himself. Um, and then, um, you know... Uh, 
a sun style himself like he i think he gets probably take down henry as well so you know i think you know potentially these guys can mix it up a little bit with the grappling that's why i'm kind of leaning towards potentially the over here but you know Bar um a sun style did get put out clean by by uh ricky simone and uh henry henry's got great cardio and and there's a volume machine from that last fight but i'll lean towards the over um and and that's about it as a pick yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the only way to play the fight. I don't see many other angles here. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think a Sun's house is just way, way over the hill, man. And, you know, getting hit and knocked out by Simone like that, not a good look. But Simone probably does hit harder than Henry. Henry is like a volume type of striker. He doesn't really sit down on his punches too much. Um, so it seems like a matter of Henry decision or knockout here. Um, I guess I'll lean with uh, decision. Obviously, knockout has potential to look easier if a Suns out is just completely shot. Henry could make the knockout look easy, but uh, like you were saying, I think you know some clinching, some grappling could be involved here, killing some clock and uh, possibly seeing this over. But you know, no real thorough analysis for me on yeah. that one. And Henry, Henry has never been finished as well, so I kind of don't give a Suns that much equity there. And he and the Suns has always been a you know a decision guy, so. I mean, a little bit of juice on that goes the distance, I don't think is that bad. Let's see. And that's going to take us to the main card in the Bantamweight division. We have Mana Martinez taking Brandon Davis. Um, Mana is the favorite here, minus 150. Davis plus 130 on the comeback. And, yeah, I think this line is, uh, is, is about right, maybe even a little short. I think Mana should probably be maybe a little bit of a bigger favorite. Um, you know, Davis... Uh, First of all, he had some major knee injuries, right? Apparently, he got ACL surgery, you know, seven, eight months ago. And, uh, you know, if you do a little Instagram cap, which I'm a big fan of, uh, he did post pictures of him, like, wearing a knee brace, like, just a few weeks ago, six, eight weeks ago. He's still wearing a knee brace. So, possibly some issues after the surgery still there. And, uh, you know, he, he looked, you know, completely old and slow in that fight versus Dana. I mean, just pulling his head away from punches and like a tall man's defense kind of way and just getting absolutely nuked with punches there got knocked out in two minutes and you know just uh i mean i bet him in that fight pathetic bet honestly because i'm going back and like his his contender or his um regional fights uh, between his stints in the ufc i mean he is fighting complete bumps and he's not even like looking impressive while doing so um so i mean i think davis is probably you know over the hill he's only 32 but i mean the guy has been fighting for a while never was really a, a good fighter and um you know i just think he's probably kind of phoned it in at this point uh you know mana is not a really good either this guy you know uh, just rewatching his fights the what, whatever he's doing with his hands i don't understand what he's doing it's kind of like a ricky tercios thing where he's like just like making these weird hand gestures when he's fighting i don't know what he's doing but it's not it's not real fighting um but the guy does have some some okay boxing okay striking uh you know some he does have some wins that in retrospect looked look all right obviously guido canetti um he uh he lost round one there and was able to come back and win the second two rounds knocked out jose johnson knocked out ricky tercios which are okay wins um and you know even the honey lawrence fight you know got dropped in the first two rounds of that 
fight and still came back to Johanny in round three. So I think Mana is, you know, he's somewhat resilient. He can lose a round and come back. And I think he has uh, more potential to maybe struggle and battle through that adversity. While Davis, I think if he faces any adversity, he might just, you know, uh, you know, pack it up and, and get finished. While I think Mana has uh, more ability to actually deal with some adversity and come out on top here. So I think um, money line wise, it's honestly favorite or pass. Um, and I think this fight should honestly end inside the distance, man. I think that, you know, both of these guys, the way they match up, I just think they're going to collide. Both are uh, um, hittable. Both are kind of fragile. I just mentioned Mana got dropped three times by uh, Ronnie Lawrence. Uh, Davis got dropped multiple times in her versus Dana. I think, you know, either one of these guys could finish each other. So the ITD at, at Pick'em Price, I think, is is not bad. Sketchy ass fight. I mean, this Madumana, like you said, only way he's won fights really is uh, other than that Guido fight is by knockout. I mean, Brandon Davis. Oh, I, the thing is, like he with the grappling, you know, I think he could potentially work it, like uh, you know, and take Mana down. Mana's takedown defense hasn't looked all that great, but he does, you know, look to get up to his feet. But yeah, I mean, I think he deserves to be the favorite just because of one that thing with the the injury for Davis how he the striking defense that this guy has or lack of it um and the fact that mana you know he's coming from that southpaw stance i don't think um uh, brandon davis has fought many southpaws he fought giga obviously but you know he's now down at this 135 weight class which is kind of weird to me for a guy as tall as he is like he should definitely be at a higher weight class but he's just so skinny and I don't think he's that strong, but but again, you got Mana who he looked real bad in like the weight cut against like Guido. I think like he missed weight and just a sketchy guy. Like I I don't really I don't really know um, what he's gonna bring to the fight, but I would side with him. I would not bet on this on him on the money line. You know, if I was to take him, I would I would try to you know just take him you know to, for by knockout or inside the distance either or. Um, just because I think that, uh, you know, if he wins this fight, majority like most of his equity is knocking this dude Brandon Davis out, getting the guy, you know, short, short, uh, on the comeback, you know, bad chin overall, and you know, uh, you know, bad defense. So, yeah, I would, I, I think Mana should be able to win this fight and, and connect enough on uh, Brandon Davis, but you know, not a good fight here, not a good, these are low level 135ers, very low level. Um, yeah, can you uh, just reset your mic too before the next fight? Um, uh, light heavyweight division next. Uh, Misha Sarkunov taking on Alonzo Menafield. Absolutely hilarious matchup here. The line for this one Menafield minus 200, Sarkunov plus 170. This line has barely moved a single cent. I mean, yeah, this price has been the exact same since October 2nd on Bet Online. So this fight, nobody is betting it. I mean, for good reason too. It's kind of a confusing fight. Um, your turn to start this one off first though. What are you thinking here? Amisha's back up at two oh five. Um, you know, the one eighty five uh, you know, stint was not good for him. You know, he's three L's in a row here, so he's probably getting cut. He probably gets paid a good amount of money, so he's probably getting cut if he doesn't win this fight. Um, but I mean at plus one seventy, I can see why it's like somewhat enticing for people. You know, obviously he's got the grappling advantage, southpaw guy as well. So, you know, when when he does is throwing strikes and is not, you know, batshit scared, there's a few good, you know, good hands every now and then. But I just don't understand how you could bet on Alonzo Menafield. Like, I mean, look, I've been the biggest hater on Alonzo Menafield. And if you look at his bro, look at who he beat. He beat Fabio Charon, 
be fucking Ed Herman with the calf kicks. Even 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 in that fight, it was in my opinion a little sketchy. And he fought beat that bum Askar last time. And now he's two to one over Misha Serkinov, who I mean Misha Serkinov, yeah, he's a choker. He, you know, mental midget, whatever you want to call it. I don't I don't wanna cast aspersions, but you know, maybe if the shoe fits, you know, guys wear them. And you know, he he just but he has all the you know, skills and the uh, attributes, right? He could get takedowns potentially on Alonzo, right? Alonzo loves the clinch and Misha, a lot of his takedowns, like he does do like, you know, judo trips and shit like that. Um, He's probably just as strong as Alonzo. Um, and then when he is on top, he goes for submissions. Like he looks to fit. He's like a, maybe a better, more advanced version of um, like a new generation, what's his name? Um, the guy that just, uh, Olenek. He's like a new generation Olenek on the ground, right? He's doing fucking, you know, neck cranks and, you know, little side, you know, uh, uh, arm triangles and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm actually considering a bet on Serkinov here just because, you know, Alonso, he's just not that accurate with his punches. When he loses gas, you know, he's looking to grapple. You know, he does that against William Knight. He did that a little bit against Ed Herman, I feel. Um, it's a southpaw matchup, which he hasn't really fought too many of them where, where he's, like, striking, where he's using, like, his leg kicks and stuff like that, which he's uh, he, he, he used a lot against uh, Ed Herman. Um, so I don't know how you just come to the point where Alonzo Manafield is minus 200 years. So I'll take Serkinov. Here, maybe a little small bet inside the distance here, I think is good or under like under under uh, two rounds. Um, maybe doesn't go to the third round, I think would be solid. Um, the under here is like, you know, even money. Consider that. But I think betting Alonzo is nuts. So that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I think the under has potential to look super easy here because circling all fights, he does tend to like kill or be killed. Uh, especially at 205 too like he went down to 185 and he made it out of the first round but i think at 205 like eight of his fights in a row have ended in the first round or something crazy like that um so uh i mean i agree with your thoughts on menafield though the guy's not a good fighter he's destroyed a, a lot of favorable matchups in a row but misha is honestly uh not going to be an easy matchup for him because menafield i think is actually most comfortable um you know grappling opponents uh and I don't think he's going to have an easy grappling path at all here. Serkinov, he's a skilled fighter, but I mean, this guy just can't seem to put it together in terms of his intelligence and his durability, his physicality. I mean, he has potential to be good. It's just he he consistently fucks up these these fights and these matchups. I mean, look at the Ryan Span fight, uh, for example, man. Just pathetic how quickly he got destroyed there. And, you know, Span and Menafield do train together, so... Uh, safe side, you've got some uh, some experience with this uh, Misha Serkunov matchup. Um, Serkunov KO at nine to one is a little crazy, and sub at first Serkunov is four to one, also a good line. I mean, I just think that the value is all over Serkunov here. Uh, he has potential to get wiped out instantly, but you know, I think uh, Menafield has potential to get just instantly caught in a guillotine as well, or you know, that Peruvian necktie that Serkunov likes to go to as well. So, hopefully, Serkunov can pull off the upset here. Um, you know, laying juice on Menafield is not the right move uh, unless he's, you know, fighting a, a Ukrainian fraud with a, a fake record. So um, I think Sir Cover Pass fight, uh, middleweight division, Dusko Todorovich taking on Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hills Ninja in action. The line for this one, Dusko minus 205, Wright plus 175. So, I mean, Wright is kind of at the point where he's so bad that I think that there's almost no price or no matchup 
that I think would actually want to, you know, inspire me to bet money on him. And, you know, Dusko is, is not very good either. Um, but I think he, he does have the better overall skill set on the feet and on the ground here. Um, only thing he might not be better at uh, right is, you know, durability. I think this could be a little bit close in terms of who can touch the chin first. Cause both of these guys do get hurt quite often and have been knocked out a few times. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Dusko is going to win. I think he'll probably cover that price tag. Um, and I don't even know, man. This is going to be a sloppy, shitty fight, though. So, you know, not many uh, complex thoughts there for me. What are you thinking? Like Dusko in this fight. I mean, you know, he got put out by Chitty, but it was at the end of the round. You know, he was kind of like you know, in the clinch and a little bit, maybe a little bit too comfortable. And, you know, Chitty connected with that big old elbow over the top. I think he he approached that fight well, right? He used his striking to kind of get Chitty against the fence or, you know, shoot in on that double leg. I liked how he was trying to tie up the legs and stay on top. And I just think Dusko is over, like, skill-wise, I think he's pretty well-rounded. Um, His conditioning, I don't think is, I don't think is bad. I don't think his durability is bad either. He took some big shots from, from RoboCop uh, in their fight. And, uh, and, you know, Jordan Wright, he just, like, to me, the way he kind of like approaches these fights, like, yeah, looks like he's throwing out. He tries to throw out the the best strikes possible, right? He does look to, you know, hurt his opponents. But look at his last fight, man. Like, how do you get guillotined by freaking MAB and like, you know, you you take him down and then you get finished and mount? Like, how do you lead, let that guy sweep you over? And you saw in MAB's other fight, uh, he's not a good grappler. Um, and you know, I think I think Dusko should have the advantage grappling. I think Dusko should have the advantage durability wise, and uh, with the conditioning and just uh, knowing that he can go deeper into these fights and start executing a game plan. Like realistically, after Jordan Wright, you know, is done hopping around a little bit, like what does this guy have to potentially offer you in the second round? I'll tell you what, nothing. You don't, and you don't know. You don't know what he could, uh, potentially could do well. Like, he does not have that many tools in the toolkit. And when he did try to go to a alternative plan with the grappling, he gets choked out by a freaking Canadian grappler uh, that it doesn't grapple. So I don't think, that, like, the guy I think is done here in the UFC after this. Like, he's there's Beverly Hills in his name for a reason, okay? Like, that's the kind of name It's like, a funny haha kind of, like, ironic. You know what I mean? So... I think Dusko is going to win this fight. I, 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 I backed him a little bit at minus 190. I think minus 200 is okay as well. But I can see, I can understand, you know, being, you know, the um, hesita hesitation on it. Maybe you take some Dusko and some, you know, right round one, you know, maybe just to cover yourself a little bit. But I think Dusko is eventually going to get this done one way or another. All right, that's going to move us on. Next fight, flyweight division. Askar Askarov taking on Brandon Royval. The odds for this one, Askarov minus 241, Royval plus 206. What are you thinking about this flyweight fight here? I hate this fight. I hate fucking Brandon Royval. I don't really like Askar either. Um, but I just think it's going to be like a touch butt kind of fight. Like, you know, yeah, does Brandon Royval, you know, uh, throw out tons of volume and, you know, things like that and make fights chaotic? Yeah. Askar is a different kind of dude, bro. Like, he literally, the guy can't hear. And he doesn't really care about how you're trying to fight him. I think, like, he's got one game plan is to grapple you. I think he's um, pretty good with just, like, you know, assessing what you're trying to do to him in terms of, like, um, you know, your counter grappling and then countering that counter grappling. He's very comfortable there. Brandon Royval, like I said, man, he's a new age, like, 
you know, sketchy black belt. He's just rolling around, flipping around. You know, he he doesn't state of it many, very many principles. He's just doing flips and rolls in hopes that the other guy is not savvy enough, like to know what you do on the backside or okay, if this guy spins this way like i keep underhook on this side and i just run to the other hip just stuff that real grapplers know right like you martian right you know everything i'm just talking about right there um precisely yeah exactly so you know doing stuff like that but askar is just so well schooled he just so fundamentally based um you can see the fights like pantoja and stuff like that like the the guy i don't think his heartbeat changes or skips a beat whenever like these you know uh interactions or these like transitions are going as opposed to a guy like matt schnell who's obviously freaking out when the guy's putting you in submission or all these things so i would be surprised if brandon royval got this w um you know i'm gonna be interested in watching the fight just because you know i do think that um you know, I do think Askar should be able to finish Brandon Royval, honestly. Like, the, there's a reason this submission prop is plus 310 and taking a little action at uh, at DraftKings. I, th- I thought that number was a little short, so I didn't really want to play it. Um, but I think Askar has a good good potential to finish his fight. Like, this guy is stronger than he looks. I think Brandon Royval is going to be surprised when he's doing all this goofy shit um, when Askar actually gets a hold of him. So, I'll pick Askar to win. Did you say you would be surprised to see Roy Ball win? Uh, I think I said that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this is I, I agree with what your assessment of both guys. I don't like either one. Something about both guys just put me off. I mean, Roy Ball, uh, janky ass striking, you know, getting dropped by Matt Schnell and bitch ass Matt Schnell tapping out like that. How how does Matt Schnell go from, uh, you know getting knocked down multiple times in the same round versus Sumadarji to coming back and choking him out to just instantly tapping to a guillotine with both hands left in that brave wall fight. I mean, that guy is a fucking anomaly, but uh, um, I mean, I, I don't really have uh, a lot of thoughts on this fight. I, I think it's, I think it's dogger pass from a money line perspective. I, I think that Askarov is just too, uh, too wimpy to be laying minus 200 or, or more here. I mean, the guy is a great grappler, but I, I think that, you know, his striking is kind of weak. And I think that honestly, Roy Vols, uh, just janky style and length uh, and size is probably going to give Astral a little trouble on the feet. And, you know, Roy Vol is scrambly. He's hard to hold down. I mean, uh, Tim Elliott gassed out badly trying to grapple him and hold him down. And uh, Askarov's gas tank is kind of questionable as well. I mean, this guy, when, when he's in a competitive back and forth fight, I don't think he can keep that high of a pace. He's not really that good of an athlete, you know? So uh, I have some questions about Askarov. I also don't think that I'm not seeing any improvements in Askarov's game. Like since the time he's gotten to the UFC to now, has he added a lot of layers? Has he shown us anything very impressive? Uh, added much new depth to his game? I don't think so at all. I mean, this guy's kind of stagnant in my opinion. So uh, I think I would actually be cheering for the dog to pull off the upset just to kind of shake things up here. Uh, but I think it'll eventually be an Askarov probably decision uh, you know, winning two out of three rounds via out grappling him. But I don't know, man. No, no real conviction on this fight. Uh, Roy Vol knockout at 10 to 1. Not bad. Not bad. I think that he could possibly uh, pull off some crazy finish. Roy Vol, um, ITD in general at 380, man. I don't think he's winning a decision over, uh, over uh, Askarov here. So if you're playing Roy Vol, you might as well t- take that ITD as well. Um, 
Next fight, co-main event, Bantamweight division. Jonathan Martinez taking on Cub Swanson. Martinez minus 212. Cub Swanson plus 182. Cub dropping down to 135 here. Kind of a questionable decision. I mean, pretty much everyone I know is talking about how it doesn't really make sense. You know, like he, it's not like he was struggling like that badly at 145. When he was fighting the top uh, fighters in the division, sure, he was struggling. But, you know, Darren Elkins is still a son of bitch to deal i mean the guy is a you know a ferocious grappler he's not easy to put out of there he's not an easy matchup for a lot of guys but cub swanson made that shit look easy i mean he absolutely butchered and finished at darren elkins and, and made it look easy kind of um you know the daniel pineda fight he maybe had a few sketchy moments there but still was able to knock him out there i mean uh, the Crone Gracie fight, good good performance. It's only really when he's fighting like top 10, top 15 fighters is he losing. So I think that he should have stick, stuck around at 145 and racked up a few wins outside of the top 15. Dropping down to 135 throws a lot of variables in there. But, you know, career-wise, Cub Swanson is a tremendous fighter. And he's, you know, the much better overall career fighter than Jonathan Martinez is. It's just a matter of... Uh, is he old enough and is is this weight cut a concern enough that he is he going to lose the fight because of those two factors and it's very possible that those two factors do lose him the fight but I think the price what we're looking at of Martinez at you know damn near 70% here is disrespectful and you know off quite frankly for Cub Swanson I think the market might be overrating Cub's age and this weight cut a bit too much they're also uh, you know I think factoring in the leg kicks here because Swanson struggled with the leg kicks against Pineda Martinez uh, throws a lot of leg kicks and consistently leg kicks a lot of his opponents so I think people are thinking oh the leg kicks are going to make this easy for Martinez and it has potential to do so but I think it's kind of foolish to, to solely rely on a leg kick as being like a two two to one favorite because uh, you know the boxing the grappling I think is going to be real close between these guys and um, I mean I think Cub Swanson still has a little bit left in the tank and you know he's he's doing his camp with uh, with TJ uh, right for this camp um, you know TJ training for the belt and uh, you know hopefully he's maybe getting a little bit of those uh, those TJ supplements that the TJ has access to and uh, you know I really hope Cub pulls this off Cub is a fucking really cool fighter cool guy. Um, you know, seeing uh, him win that fight with Elkins and he, he brings his family, like three or four daughters, you know, that was a very, very wholesome moment. So I'm definitely cheering for, for Cub Swanson to pull off the victory. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll actually bet him, but I, I, I hope he pulls off the victory. Yeah, I don't think Cub Swanson's going to win this fight. Like, I mean, like you said, I don't understand the weight cut. You know, why, why is he going down? Like a fight, a perfect fight would have been Cub Swanson versus Bruce Leroy. Alex Caceres. Why didn't they do that? That'd be a perfect fight. Two older guys, um, you know, similar spot in the rankings, been a perfect fight. No, you know, not too athletic of a guy. Like, why wouldn't Cub take that fight? Don't know. But if I were to bet on Cub, I think he needs to get off to a fast start. Like you said, those leg kicks are a real factor. If you ever look at, you know, Cub's lower body, it's not impressive. This guy's got some skinny ass legs. Um, he never really dealt with too many leg kickers either. He's been fortunate. Like he never fought like Edson Barboza, I don't think, or anyone like that. So I think, uh, yeah, he's been fortunate with that. I think he might look to grapple a little bit here at some point. But the thing is, with that weight cut, like, I don't know. Like, there's no way he's going to be able to keep up that uh, a good grappling pace, in my opinion, on a guy like Jonathan Martinez, who himself has had a bad uh, or has had an issue with cutting weight. So you never know. You don't know who's going to make weight or not make weight. Or, like, I mean, happened last week or two weeks ago, they're like, yo, 140 catch weight. 
So it could happen here, you know. So so don't you know uh, be overextending on Martinez because you or I don't know. Just don't. I wouldn't bet this fight too early. I'd wait to see them on the scale. Um, I think that you know Southpaw uh, here Martinez, you know, is going to be in line for uh, Cubs, you know, best weapon, which is kind of him throwing those overhand rights, those quick darting and right hands. But his biggest advantage I felt at uh, 145 was his speed and quickness and being able to get off on these shots like he did against, you know, Darren Elkins. That was a good matchup for him because the guy's, you know, very slow. Whereas Martinez, he's kind of, you know, very uh, open to, you know, you're you're looking to load up on a strike or whatever. He'll just like step out of range and be like, oh, you know, that's not going to hit me or, you know, moving away and stuff. So, you know, I think maybe like Cub, you know, maybe first round, you know, at maybe like 10 to 1. You know, he's been a, a fast starter in his career a few times. I think that maybe uh, could be a good look. But uh, but I think Martinez here is going to get the kicks going, going to be able to get the counters on Cub uh, going as well. You know, and just be able to to, to outstrike him a little bit here. Um, I don't really have a lean too much on if it's going to go the distance or if Cub's going to be able to, to withstand and take, you know, a lot of these shots. But Martinez has a lot of, like, kind of, like, later finishes or, you know, hurting people later in fights. Um, and I think that does coincide with uh, with the, you know, Cub maybe being a little depleted or maybe blowing his wide uh, a bit early in the fight. So I think that, you know, Martinez maybe around three could be a, a, a okay look. But I, I think he's going to win this fight for sure. So I, I definitely pick him. And, you know, I wouldn't bet him at two to one. But, you know, I think maybe I, I take a stab at, at one of those uh, late props. I don't know. Martinez doesn't really go for the kill. Like he he. um. Like, I recall Vince Morales' leg looking completely fucked, like, two or three minutes into that fight. And Martinez never really poured it on him and, like, looked for that finish. So, I could see this one actually stretching to make it to a decision as well. Because if Swanson's leg starts hurting, you know, I think he's going to let off the pressure. And it could become a bit of a cruising decision for uh, for Martinez there. So, Martinez's uh, decision, I think it's, like, plus 155. Plus, it is not bad, I think. If that's not a bad way that's, to play them. That's fair. Sure. Um, women's main event time. I said it earlier in the podcast, but you know, for women's main events, this is actually a pretty uh, fun fight. You know, both women, I think are, are on the enter- entertaining side of things. Uh, they both typically like to strike and, uh, you know, they're exciting to watch. So, uh, I'm, I'm a little excited for this fight. Alexa Grasso, um, minus two twenty seven favorite Viviana Araujo plus one ninety two. Uh, your turn to start this off. What do you think in Mexico versus Brazil here? That's usually a good, uh, a re- good recipe for a fight. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I like. I mean, I like this fight. I mean, a lot of the other you know fights here, I could definitely do without. But I like this fight. I like both girls. You know, Viviani definitely uh, made both of us pay uh, when she beat uh, Andrea Lee in her last fight. That was a good performance by her. She slowed down a little bit, but she was aggressive. She was a rabid dog in that fight. Um, and I think she's gonna get off to a good start here as well, just because. She's physically very strong. She's quick. She's got great attributes. You know, she actually has good, you know, good hands as well. The only question, you know, some people have is her conditioning or her cardio, maybe later on in the fights. But I think here, um, you know, maybe she's going to be able to to play that down a little bit because I think both girls will be maybe a little tentative early. But I think that even with that, uh, Vivi will probably, you know, maybe look to get ahead. But I think it's not going to be as chaotic and frantic as uh as the andrea lee fight just because i think both girls know that they need to go five rounds uh, more, more than likely it's gonna be hard to, to finish either of them you know vivi i mean vivi looks like she's extremely durable um overall like i, I haven't really seen her stunned or hurt all that much 
Um, but she does, like I said, has had those cardio issues, losing third rounds on multiple occasions. Um, you know, and Alexa Grasso, you know, she lost the first round to, I think, was it Kim? Who was she fought? Uh, something. Yeah, yeah, she, Dion Kim. yeah, she lost the first round to Kim. Sometimes she just starts off slow. You know, you can see in her later fight or her later rounds, like against uh, Macy Barber or, you know, other girls where, you know, in, in those second or third rounds, she has more zip and she has a lot more pop on the shots or she just throws them um, with looking to hurt the other girl, you know, more than she does in that first round because she's looking for that, find that range, you know, look to use that jab. You know, she's got a great jab follows it up with a good right hand after it but you know she doesn't have like a crazy crazy repertoire on the feet like she i haven't really she kicks a little bit but she doesn't really uncork you know crazy you know you know big uh combination she doesn't really go to the body all that much um but she has been improving the uh the ground game she she said she's been intent you know intentional and in kind of mentioning that but i know vivi has a pretty good ground game as well I, she'd be doing this lucha libre stuff where they do like these alternative like different kind of submissions this is weird you know if you ever roll with a Lucha Libre person, they're kind of strange. They'll, like, grab your foot and just pull that shit in the wrong direction. They're weird people. Um, and Vivi comes. She's like a black belt. I'm telling you. Vivi's got a black belt in that stuff. Um, so I think it's going to be a competitive fight. You know, I think that uh, Vivi does probably shoot a takedown at some point, gets Alexa on her back. And I'm interested to see Alexa's counter grappling because the Lucha Libre people, they're weird but uh, with that. But they also, you know, uh, sometimes be messing up. They go for dumb stuff and... Oh, they get put on their back and you know it's bad sometimes they do bad stuff but uh but i think it's something competitive fight i think vivi is value a good value bet though here um you know maybe you'll be able to buy out of it at some point but you know what i actually like vivi uh no scorecards maybe you know it's plus 180 on uh on uh bet online right now uh i think that's not the worst look even though you know you may think that alexa could turn up the volume on her in a later point but, uh, but I don't think I'll bet that either. I think the only bet for me would probably be trying to get a, a small wager on Vivi early. You know, maybe get to that 2-1 to one plus 200 number. And then potentially look to trade out at some point later in the fight. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that assessment, uh, you know, pretty much completely. Uh, you know, money line side, it's definitely Vivi right now before the fight. Uh, I just... Highly doubt Alexa is going to come out covering minus 200 from the jump. I think the the fight being five rounds does probably play to her advantage. Uh, she might be training at elevation still in, in Mexico, too, which is probably good for her cardio. And she's just historically been a, a much better fighter uh, in the later rounds. Um, but Arujo's cardio is kind of inconsistent, man. It's like, you know, everyone kind of expected Lee to be fresher in that fight. And then Arujo was the one who's actually fresher. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, this is just going to be a competitive close matchup. Obviously, we saw it uh, with Dern being, you know, way overvalued in her fight last week. Um, you know, was, got steamed to almost three to one there at close. And, uh, you know, I just think that sometimes the popular, prettier girl sometimes can get uh, more action. And, you know, Arca gets a little fooled on some of these fights. So, I mean, I definitely think Grasso. At are, you calling, are, you calling Vivi, are you calling Vivi not pretty? Um, no, but Grasso is prettier. Vivi, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Vivi's a pretty woman too, but Grasso is just cuter, you know. She's, you know, the her her little English, her little broken English is cute. That's just hot, whatever, right? Whatever. That's just hot, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you know, I think it'll probably be like a 48, 47, 49, 46 decision for Grasso. Vivi will probably win one of the first few rounds, but, um, 
you know, I'm hoping the fight is entertaining. I'm hoping maybe, uh, you know, Vivi can pull off the upset. And then, like Ozzy was saying, maybe look to get in on a Grasso live bet here. She does kind of figure things out as the fight goes on and work into the fight pretty well. She's a pretty intelligent fighter. Um, so I think the later fight will probably favor her. And it'll probably be, uh, you know, like I said, 48-47 decision for Grasso here. Um, Vivi KO at 16-1. A little crazy. Um, but, you know. Not much interest in that fight. A lot of these fights, man, I just have very little interest. Uh, you know, not really too in-depth reads this week. We're, we're saving all the, our, all that hard-hitting analysis uh, for next week, which is, like I said earlier, one of the best UFC cards ever. So um, what is what? Sorry, I cut off for a second. What is going to be your best bet of the week here, Ozzy? Yeah, so I'm going to take a money line side. I was looking at some of these props, and it was going to be like one of these overs, but I didn't even really like that intent on them. Um, and the two money lines I mentioned, I had Tyra and um, Dusko, some of them moved a little bit. So other play that I like is Misha. Misha Serkinov. Right now, some places you get plus 180, got plus 175 on uh, DraftKings. And I just think, you know, on, on a side like that, the line's so available like that, I think uh, I think that would be the best bet value-wise. If not, you could go with Dusko, but I'll go with, uh, I'll go with uh, Misha at plus 175. All right, and I'm going to do the inside the distance in the Mana Martinez-Brandon Davis fight. I was debating between this and Sam Hughes. I think I'll bet Sam Hughes straight up still as well. I just feel that this uh, this Mana ITD fight, it could just look super easy. It could just end instantly in round one if Davis is totally shot. Um, and I think that this one has just potential to, to win pretty sweat-free. So if you combine them on DraftKings right now, Misha plus 175 with ITD in the Mana fight at minus 120, you get plus 404 on that parlay. And that'll be uh, that'll be my elbow bets, best bet of the week as well. Whoa, 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 David. whoa. <laughs> You're not supposed to give that shit out. What are you doing? No, you are. You are. You're allowed to. You're oh allowed to. My That's God. how it works. Wow. All right. I'm not no, understanding. You're... I need an FAQ yeah, yeah. on that. I need a they need Yeah, yeah. I'll send you I'll send you a, some in-depth details. Yeah, I think you need to put out a FAQ on that, bro. All right, but <laughs> yeah, it's a complex system. I understand your confusion. Um, but um, yeah, that's gonna do it for this week. You know, not the probably not the greatest podcast this week, uh, but thank you all for tuning in. You know, these fights just aren't that great this week. Martian, but like I said, will next you week, but... will you commit for the for your loyal listeners on a earlier release for next week um probably we'll yeah, probably be like a, at le- wednesday at the very latest but yeah we could try to get it done tuesday or something like that all right sounds the good. thing is though you the thing is though you need we need adequate time to repair and analyze i've been preparing bro i've been that's think, true i've been preparing bro we've been in the lab we've been in the lab i know who i like and i like who i know this week, this week's gonna come in an hour five minutes. Next week, we're going an hour and a half for sure. So be ready for that. Strap in. We'll we will see you all next week. Thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoy the fights this weekend and win some bets. We'll see you before UFC 280 next week. Peace out, everyone.